stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Folks, welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you here on this Monday afternoon. we got a lot to get to. We will get back to your phone calls. Uh, obviously, the latest around these protests and blockades that we're dealing with in Alberta, certainly that they continue to deal with in Ottawa. We, of course, are watching for uh, word of when the uh, Premier of Alberta might be making an announcement. It looks as though it won't be today, but an announcement expected this week regarding Alberta's plan for easing and ending restrictions. But I do want to begin in this hour with the latest from the nation's capital, where there's been a lot happening today. Now, the city of Ottawa has declared a state of emergency in response to now 11 days of protests in that city. Uh, there's a request now from the mayor to both the federal and the provincial government in Ontario for additional resources to deal with the situation. Uh, Ottawa police have begun to shift their approach in dealing with these protesters. And also today, a court injunction, a 10-day court injunction was granted by an Ontario Superior Court judge against the honking. The round-the-clock incessant honking that has been driving some residents of Ottawa uh, rather crazy, as you can imagine. So does honking count as free speech? I think this uh, court injunction case is going to be interesting. So uh, a lot to recap here. I want to bring to the program uh, to kick off this hour, Mercedes Stevenson, Ottawa Bureau Chief for Global News, globalnews.ca for the latest, of course. Mercedes, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, like I say, there's been a lot happening today. It seems to be a very fluid situation in the nation's capital. Why don't we start with this this court injunction? What's the impact of that likely to be? Well, we'll see if the thinking stops. Uh, that's yeah. kind of all that deals with. Um, it, it has to do with the class action lawsuit alleging irreparable harm to downtown residents because of this honking. Um, and I'm sure some folks think, oh, it's just honking. Uh, I live in the downtown core, and I can tell you that it was so loud you could not have a conversation um, inside. I live, uh, I won't say exactly where, because in this environment yeah. we get some interesting threats sent to us, but I live uh-huh. in the downtown along one of the protest routes. I am many stories off the ground, not one or two, and you couldn't talk for days to each other because it was so loud. Um, so I think the organizers have realized on their own to a degree this was damaging their cause. Um, these aren't normal car horns, which would be annoying enough, honking 24 hours a day. But when you talk about air horns off semis bouncing off of high, hard buildings um, dozens at a time for hours every day, um, it was really, really difficult for people who were living in the downtown core. So there is now an injunction against it for 10 days because um, it, it is apparently enough harm, the judge says, based on what he's hearing um, to, to justify that. It's not the length of injunction folks were hoping hoping for who were representing this case on the uh, against the protest honking side but it is 10 days where the truckers are supposed to stop honking we'll see if that holds up yeah. um, it is a difficult group to kind of keep together because it is a lot of amorphous people so people kind of do what they want to some degree too it was interesting because I mentioned that the mayor of Ottawa has asked for both federal and provincial support. Now, you did speak yesterday on the West Block with uh, the federal minister of public safety. He was uh, one of the, the ministers uh, that attended this briefing earlier today where they have said, and I guess said on numerous occasions, that these protests should end. But in terms of uh, any kind of a federal strategy, did we learn anything new over the last couple of days here? 
not really from a federal strategy other than they're saying that they will have a round table with all three levels of government, um, which is frustrating a lot of folks here in Ottawa who are saying, like, do something about this now. It's now day 11 of these protests. Um, and the federal government is saying it's not our problem. This is a municipal issue. The Ottawa police need to enforce it. And I've gotten emails from folks who say, well, come on, it's Parliament Hill. That's clearly Justin Trudeau. No, no, right on Parliament Hill is Justin Trudeau, but the street in front and all the streets heading down are the Ottawa police's jurisdiction. And the Ottawa police have said that they are afraid to confront protesters because they believe there will be violence and they are outnumbered, uh, which was pretty shocking for a lot of Ottawa residents to hear. Now, the mm-hmm. province and the federal government are kind of pushing back on this and saying you have more than enough resources to do this. You can do it if you want to. Um, But a lot of folks are saying, at the end of the day, you could clear the protest, but there's not a policing solution to what's happening here, because this is actually a political grievance and a political problem. Uh, Noticeably absent today was the prime minister. And it it was a lot of criticism from all sides of this as to, you know, why the prime minister isn't showing more leadership, taking a more active role in this. Uh, The comments he's made uh, about all of this, I guess we last heard from him last week, have certainly been you know, provocative and condemning these these protests, maybe even fanning the flames a little bit. What about the prime minister's absence today? What do we make of that? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you two sides on this. Um, mm-hmm. Side number one is certainly that he hasn't addressed the nation. He was up more than once last week talking about it, uh, and he was questioned. And a lot of the things that, that are being protested are not federal issues. Um, the vaccine mandate for truckers is federal and for the RCMP and for the military. But the mask mandates, the, the gathering restrictions, those are actually provincial and the federal government has no control over them. That also leads us to the question here in Ontario of where's Doug Ford? And we don't have an answer yeah. to that one either. Um, I, I hear you on the concerns, and I've heard a lot of folks air these, um, that by not meeting, by not acknowledging, or by the words that are being chosen, you're actually potentially radicalizing people further. And there's a big question. Do you meet with people because you say, okay, we hear you, you're angry, you're frustrated, um, and, and we're going to legitimize that frustration? And people say, does that show that illegal blockades work? And that's the way to get things done in a democracy. On the other hand, the more you push people away, the more you don't listen, the more you don't sit down with them and say, I hear you. Um, the more you potentially create those frustrations. But this is also a protest that's been evolving. And for folks who say it's not violent, it's not dangerous, I'm living it. I'm downtown here. Uh, Most of the folks who I pass by are are friendly and great. But the few bad apples um, is does not explain the silence of the majority uh, in some of these cases on what's going on. We had an attempt on arson on... um, an apartment building downtown here where people lit the lobby on fire and tried to seal the doors closed. That's very concerning for people in Ottawa. Now, I do not think that the vast majority of that protest backs lighting civilian apartment buildings on fire. But between that and between some of the flags that we've seen and the comments and the hate speech, our crews being surrounded, spat at, shoved, um, it's not all happiness and light. There's a lot of folks who are down here protesting and very happy, and there's a lot protesting who are very angry. Uh, and so there is some concern of the political risk of meeting with those people. But again, there's a political risk to not hearing people out and not meeting with the reasonable elements of the protest either. Yeah.
In the meantime, we mentioned the difficult spot this puts Ottawa police in and in, in having to try to manage the situation, make do with the resources they have, be aware of the public perception, either that they're not doing enough or they're doing too much. But it does seem in recent days, certainly over the last two or three days, that Ottawa police have begun to change their approach somewhat, maybe a little bit more on the enforcement side. What are we seeing? Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit more ticketing going on. They're saying that they're going to intercept and potentially arrest anybody who's moving fuel. Um, but there was huge fuel stockpiles, and they were being moved right in front of the Prime Minister's office in Parliament Hill through crowds, diesel fuel, gasoline, um, and uh, as well as uh, propane. Now, even if you're not trying to do any harm, you're just trying to fill up your truck, that's potentially dangerous when you're walking it through a crowd like that. And people are setting off fireworks in that crowd, by the way. Uh, so you can see the level of concern. So the police have started to finally do something uh, about that because it is dangerous, but it will also have the effect of cutting off fuel to the trucks where people are staying warm, how they are managing to stay in the protest. Last night they raided one of the big bases here, Coventry, uh, which is where the protesters had an incredibly organized setup. We went down and visited it. and It was frankly very impressive. Uh, it was professional. It was carefully thought out. They knew how to do supply lines. Uh, but, of course, the concern there is that it was allowing the protest to continue. So the police are talking about cutting that off. But until you cut off the financing, the protest will continue. And they haven't seemed to have found a way to do that. GoFundMe initially cut the funding. They moved to another platform after that. Um, and they're raising millions of dollars on those platforms, which could keep them here indefinitely. So the question is, how do you solve it physically, but also how do you solve it politically and make people feel heard enough uh, or, or get them to negotiate instead of sit in the streets? And that's a really hard question to answer. It doesn't seem like the government's open to it right now. And again, um, some of these are federal mandates, and certainly the tone and tenor the federal government has taken could uh, exacerbate things. But there are also a lot of provincial mandates that people are here protesting. I, mean, I see a lot of protesters um, with F. Legault signs. We're not in Quebec, mm -hmm. but they're here protesting those COVID protocols because this is the national capital. And I mean, look, and, and a lot of it's being directed at, at the media and, you know, I mean, without getting too inside baseball, I mean, it, it's important that we tell this story. And I think, you know, our, our global team in Ottawa has done a remarkable job in covering all sides of this story. And that has involved talking to these protesters or their spokespeople or their lawyers, even just average protesters on the street. Some are eager to share their story. Others, not so much. And there's been a lot of vitriol and aggression directed toward members uh, of the media. How, how do you go about navigating all of that? Well, you have to really take yourself out of it. And, and we do report that. And the reason we report it mm -hmm. is because it's important for people to know what the reality on the ground is and some of what's happening because it can characterize what, what's going on. Um, I've never been in a situation where um, I was with a crew in Canada being surrounded before, um, followed for blocks one crew and threatened. Um, we've had people shoved. We have had people try to spit at them in their faces. We have anti-Semitic threats. I've had three today. Um, it's constant, and it's not acceptable. Yeah. It's one thing to say we disagree with the media's coverage or we think you're biased. Um, and I'll always invite people when I pick up the phone, great, tell me where the problem is if you see bias, because we need to look into that. But mm -hmm. if this is just that you don't like what the free is, you don't like what the Ottawa mayor is saying, well, we're not here to silence the Ottawa mayor. We will report what public officials say. We got... Um, you know, a lot of angry calls because on the show I said um, that the terms siege and occupation were used. And then I quoted who used them, the police right. chief, 
the conservative premier, a conservative member of parliament. Mm -hmm. This is not the media making things up or putting out the liberal side of things. Um, But, you know, it's, it's extremely difficult for our journalists right now. And I would just encourage people, don't believe everything you see on the internet. Look at the stories for yourself. Um, and, and, you know, consume a broad variety of media. But there are a lot of folks out there who have an angle and they don't like it when it gets exposed. But our job is not to look away when we see swastikas, just like it's not to look away when we meet a lovely retired couple who are frustrated with COVID protocols and they're in our coverage too. It's to represent accurately what's happening on the ground. And that won't always be complimentary and it won't always be bad either. Um, Real life is complicated. It's gray. It's difficult. It's challenging. And our journalists are out there trying to do their job. Um, and they are trying to do it in a very difficult environment. Um, and I'm very proud of them. I think it's very hard to take yeah. yourself out of a situation you're working and living in where you're being threatened and not allow that to come through in your reporting. Yeah, 100%. Uh, full coverage, as mentioned, uh, ongoing coverage, globalnews.ca. Mercedes Stevenson, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All the best. Uh, Mercedes Stevenson, Ottawa Bureau Chief for Global News, globalnews.ca. So someone who also resides in Ottawa, what it's been like from a resident's perspective and just trying to capture everything that's been unfolding over the last few days here. We have a lot more time for your phone calls in this hour. You can reach us in Edmonton, 780-496-0063. In Calgary, 403-974-8255. My name is Rob Breckenridge. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.